It's time for the Thursday Night Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show is presented by Mechdyne. Headquartered in Marshalltown and founded by Iowa State grads, Mechdyne is a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. Now, here is your host, Jared Stansberry. Yo, it's a Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne, here on... 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. I'm Jared Stansbury, as always, your host here on Thursday nights. I uh, want to thank our friends at Mechdyne for being the presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here during the men's and women's basketball season as well as the wrestling season here throughout the winter. If you want to find out more about them, you can check them out at mechdyne.com. Uh, M-E-C-D-Y-N-E.com. Check out their careers page. Always looking for new people to add to their team. And you've heard plenty about them on the Sunday night podcast with Chris Williams and Brent Bloom that they've been doing uh, since last March, I suppose now. Uh, joined on the show tonight by one of the co-hosts of the Title IX podcast. We had Steph Copley last week. Now we've got Elisa Woods. Elisa, how's it going? Going good. I have big shoes to fill with Steph last week. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, you know, it was funny when I we were sitting in the studio before the, the show started and uh chris was in there finishing up his show and steph sends me a text message we're like you know two feet away from each other or whatever and she's like uh you're gonna show me what to do right and in my mind i'm like show you what to do you how many times have you like we've done this you talk into the microphone you know what to do uh but she was all nervous because she was gonna have to be on live radio and she's like i i don't know what i'm doing in here and it's uh it's no different than uh, than title nine so i don't i think that you'll be fine in filling in uh filling her shoes it's a little different than title nine you know but i'm up for it i think i i think so too um, i wouldn't ask you to do it if i i didn't think that uh i didn't think you were but uh tonight on the show we're going to talk some iowa state basketball um to lead things off the cyclone is going on the road uh to take on kansas on saturday 1 p.m tip on espn plus down in allen Fieldhouse. we're gonna have connor ferguson on to talk some iowa state women's basketball the cyclone's got a huge win last night over Oklahoma State, 90 to 80 at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, previously undefeated Cowgirls, a uh, huge one for the Cyclones, even without Kristen Scott in that game. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. Obviously, some huge news in the in the association yesterday with James Harden being on the move. And additionally, Tyrese Halbert has been playing really, really well uh, already to to start his NBA career. I think he scored in double figures in nine of his first ten NBA games, and uh, rising up the charts for rookie of the year but we'll get to that later on in the show we're gonna start things off with iowa state men's basketball and you know elisa the thing that is that i thought it was interesting to hear steve prome talk this morning and him hear him reiterate just how important it is for him and for the program to get back to playing in big games and you know when i heard him talking about that i started to just think back in the reason that he brought that up was was he was watching texas tech and and texas last night which was a phenomenal game uh mac mcclung with the big shot right at the end to uh to get the win for the red raiders on the road in austin uh i can't i mean it's been since you know 2018 19 since the cyclones have really played in a big game um one that you know is going to move the me- the needle on a on a national scale uh and you know, until you really sit there and think about that, it it's hard to, you know, 
it doesn't feel like that long ago, but I mean, it's been two full years since the Cyclones really played in something that was meaningful and not only in the national scale or on the big 12 scale, but the national scale, I suppose. Yeah, and definitely this year, I mean, they have the opportunity because the Big 12 is great, has some great teams. I mean, it's it's not for lack of trying that mm-hmm. they're not in big games. You know, it's it's their own fault here. Right, and that's what I think is, you know, you play teams that are – that obviously are playing in a lot of big games. Like they've just, they just played Texas and and Texas tech, but it's where, you know, if it is a big game, like it's a big game for you because it's a big opportunity more than it is anything else, which is what I think that this game on Saturday kind of falls into where, you know, I think that there's been a little bit of a situation here so far throughout the start of big 12 play where the Cyclones have played some teams that, are used to playing in these big games, whether that's Baylor or Texas or Texas tech. And, you know, I think we saw there's two flip sides of that where sometimes those teams will come out and they're locked in. And we talked a little bit about this on title nine the other night where, you know, a team like Texas tech, you don't see them kind of have those slip ups very often where it's like, they don't get themselves ready to play. Um, But I think that, you know, as much as I, I do think this team has improved and I don't want this to like, come off in this way that I'm but I think that in those that Baylor game in that Texas game we maybe were looking at a little bit of fool's gold on some level because I don't know how locked in each of those two teams were just when you look at the way they've played against some of the other really good teams in the league it does not seem to match up with the way they played against Iowa State if that makes sense yeah no I agree I don't think that we're going to come into a game and feel like we are really setting the pace or you know dominating in any sense it's it's really going to be we're we're crossing our fingers and hoping that somebody else has a bad game and i think that that's going to be what people say after you know if we do upset um in a big game that's what people are going to say it's not going to say like wow you know isu is really um you know might move into the the top 25 here you know they're not going to say that they're going to say oh you know the team that they played had a bad night and they're probably going to move down a little bit yeah, and it's understandable that it is that way just because, I mean, you look at what Iowa State's body of work is, not only this year, but even back to, to last season. And, and you know, that's what's like – that's what's frustrating, I think, is because you just get so used to where every game is a big game, you know. Like, we, it's not – we're not that far removed from where it was like every time that Iowa State came out to take the floor, you're like, man, this like – this is a huge game, you know, and it didn't matter who it was. It, it felt every game felt really big and impactful. And, you know, even being at Hilton on Saturday when they played against Texas Tech, I, I came into the game, you know, walk into the arena and you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like if this if Iowa State's going to have a chance to win, it's probably going to require Texas Tech not playing very well. But if Iowa State doesn't play very well or if they play you know, kind of the, if both teams kind of play to their capability, then Texas Tech probably wins by 15, which Iowa State did not play well and Texas Tech played to their capability and ended up being considerably worse. And uh, I just, I don't know what that path back requires, you know, and that's yeah. where, you know, I would just be, I, I was going to ask Coach Prom like what he thinks it is that it takes to get back to that level and we ran out of time. But I, I just think like right now the, you know, basketball, as much as anything, like it comes kind of comes down to the, you know, they always say in football, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And I think that that's a situation that Iowa State is in a little bit right now, where it's just you, you know, you've only got like six guys that you can put out there and, and feel really confident in. 
Whereas a team like, you know, Texas Tech or, or whoever, I mean, they, they've got these just – they one guy's not playing well tonight, okay, on to the next one. And right. just throw somebody else out there, and you're just so overmatched when you come into any of these games against these good teams. And you say, like, you have five guys, but really, like, we have – four guys you know that you can put out there and that's tough that's tough when you know your fifth guy is is scoring like six points a night you have to have more than that and i think that that's kind of where the drop off is is that we have the four the four guys kind of consistently scoring just slightly over double digits you don't have that standout guy to kind of make up for the fact that you really just have four guys so then it it brings it brings your top five down a little bit because that that fifth guy is i mean harris is is scoring like less than six points most games and so it's it's just it's tough to not feel like you have all the guys and i mean i was just thinking about this team like what this team could have been and we talked about this other the other day and i didn't even think about like hinson being out you know for this this whole season too and so it's like this team could have been different but also you have to make it's not just a series of unfortunate events, you know, it's, you need leadership, you need, um, you need kind of those extra things that aren't just exactly the X's and O's. They aren't just how many assists, how many blocks, how many points you have. You have to have some of those extra things. You have to have a guy who can puff up, puff up his chest a little bit. You have to have a guy who's going to, I mean, blow a kiss to the proverbial Mm -hmm. student section. You know, you have to have some guys with a little bit of ego and a little bit of pride here. And I think that that's, I mean, whether it's the way that these guys are, whether it's the way that that they're coached, um, or whether it's just the circumstances of this season, is that their egos have just kind of been shot a little bit. They're, They're just down a little bit. And I think they're hanging their heads a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think like if we want to sit and talk about what this team could have been. I mean, I know that you brought up Taylor and Tyrese um, the other night, and you know those are obviously the two uh, most recent ones, the ones that would probably be easiest to pinpoint. But Lindell and Cam Large should probably be would be seniors on oh, this yeah. team. Yeah. And if we're being completely honest, there's no reason for Cameron Large to not be on this basketball team right yeah. now. I I don't. I I'll be quite frank. I don't know what Cam is doing now. His yeah his run at professional basketball, as far as I knew was, was rather short. Uh, and, um, that's where it's like, you know, you can sit and have a whole overarching kind of, uh, broad discussion about the program over the last several years that, you know, you've put, you've ended up in some tough situations with some of those guys that have left prematurely and not always, I think under the best circumstances, but, uh, that's just where like you, (laughs) you look at what this team could have been and it's like, man, like this, but there's a lot of teams across the country. You could look at what they could have been. If all these, if guys had come back and it's like, if you want to be a good program, sometimes you're going to have people go uh, to the NBA. But like the thing with like only having four people is interesting because you think back to that uh, 16, 17 team that had Monte, Matt, Deontay and Naz and Solomon was like, was the fifth starter, you know, when they were playing at their peak, so basically they went into every game. It's like, we've got four guys, but those four guys were so good that you could get by with those four guys. And then you knew whether or not, you know, whether it was solo, 
or Daryl Bowie or Nick Weiler Babb or whoever was going to come off the bench and they were going to be able to make a good contribution for you. But you just like, you don't have that, you know, like the talent, the top t- level talent is not that to where then you can withstand that a little bit. And that's where I think like, you know, I wrote last week, Steph and I talked about this on the show last week, a little bit where you just don't have any sort of safety nets, you know, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a particular player. Like having George Niang on this team would be a safety net. Obviously, like we all know that that would be the case, but uh, it can be where if you're as a group, as a unit, you know, you're really good defensively or you're really good offensively that like every night, that's our safety net. We know that we're going to come out and we're going to be able to do this one thing or, you know, and, or if it's a particular player, it's like, we know every night we're gonna have this one guy that's just ridiculously good. So it's like, that's where if you had Tyrese, you know, every night, like Tyrese is going to come out and be ridiculously good. That can be kind of a, a playing field leveler, but the Cyclones just don't have that right now. And that's where, when you play these good teams, you know, I don't think, I, I think outside of a, you know, Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma state, uh, a Jared Butler at Baylor, like there's nobody in this league. That's like a, you know, high level, ridiculous talent, like what there has been at, at different times, but they're all just good teams, you know, and they're all just, it, it's where they're all just so good as a unit that when you're not very good as a unit, you are going to get exposed more often than not. Yeah, definitely. And I just think about like identity mm-hmm. and you hear that a lot. This team just doesn't seem to have an identity. And I think even the players a little bit don't have an identity. And it's like, you know, you know, Monte is going to have four or five teardrops, you know, you know, Niang's going to have a hook shot here and there, you know, Naz is going to go on a tear and hit four or five threes. And this team just doesn't have that player where you're like, I know he's going to do this. You know, I know he's going to do that. This team just doesn't have that. And unfortunately I think it's being put on Bolton when he could be a really outstanding second best player on this team. Mm -hmm. He could be really outstanding if the pressure wasn't on him to be the leader and to be the best and to be the standout player on this team, because he's, he's trying and he's just not, he's not the one scoring the most points in every game it's pretty even and i don't know if that's by design you know i don't know if if coach hopes that you know one player will have a great game here one player will have a great great and i'm not even going to say they're great games they're just slightly above average games if you look at the guys who are scoring who are the high scorers it's okay they average about 12 in this game they scored 18 that's not a great game. Like give me 30 points and that's a great game. Give me like 30 points and 12 rebounds. And that's a great game. Give me, I mean, give me like 25 points and 10 rebounds and that's a great game. And it's just kind of slightly above average. Is that great game? Yeah. And that's where I think that there's, again, I think there's another macro conversation and this is something that, you know, whatever ends up happening in the prom era, like we will look back at it and, and, be able to kind of reflect on it a little bit more. But I think that there, when he got here and under Fred, Iowa State had an identity and that was the high flying offense, the pace and being able to score against anybody, anybody you played, you know, that they're going to put the ball in the basket uh, as long as they're, they don't have their heads up their butts like they did in, you know, obviously very specific situations that everybody remembers, but uh, they, And that's the thing like that Fred was going to get there. He might go and get guys. I couldn't defend a lick, 
you know, you know, George Niang, no one's going to sit here and say George Niang was an elite defender. Nobody's going to say that Matt Thomas was an elite defender. Even at the end of his career, he became a pretty good one. Um, but Matt Thomas was an elite shooter. George Niang was an elite bucket getter, you know, yep. uh, and you got guys that were elite at something. And like now, I mean, I think Tyrese was a, an elite playmaker which is proving it out like i said we'll talk about later on the show but uh right now you just like you don't have anybody that's elite at anything you know there you've got guys that are good at some stuff but you don't have anybody that it's like salman young's not an elite back to the basket player he's a fine back to the basket player receiver Mm -hmm. bolton's not an elite shooter he's a fine shooter he's a solid shooter uh and when your team is eventually made up a bunch of guys that are just fine at something and they can't really fill any particular role it's tough to put that together i feel like that's where it's tough to have an identity and that's like the thing that i give someone like chris beard credit for i give even a guy like bruce weber credit for is like when they recruit they say i want guys who can do this 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 and this and i'm gonna go out and find the guys that can do that we'll figure out the rest later you know and guys that play for chris beard are gonna have elite toughness they're gonna have elite uh ability on the defensive end to to buy into a system and things like that and then you find people who can put the ball in the basket bruce weber is very similar there's nobody in the league right now that's really playing with like elite offense like what it was uh in the past with the shooting and things like that but uh they're they're all efficient because of the way that they play defense but um that's what i i think that we'll look back at with the pro era is it's like you had this identity of being this playing this way offensively and all that kind of stuff and then you kind of let it slip away in a sense just because you weren't able to um, necessarily get the right kind of players to uh, maintain it. Does it like, does that kind of make sense? I don't it know. It, it's hard to explain. I think right now, especially when it's still, we're still kind of in it, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. And if your calling card is that you put guys in the NBA, the tough thing is if they're going to leave after a couple years, you you're going to have this year where who from this team is going to the NBA. Like you can't, you can't make that argument mm-hmm. right now because now you're stuck in a season where you've, lost a couple guys early to the nba great you put guys in the nba but you need a guy that's going to the nba right now like you need one of these guys that's an elite talent right now Mm -hmm. and you've mismanaged the players whether you you know couldn't count how many seasons tyrese was going to play or you weren't expecting lindell to leave this early or whatever it is you you're left with a season of guys who probably aren't going to play in the NBA when your your calling card is that you put guys in the NBA. I mean, and maybe we've created that calling card as tweeters or something like as fans, we've created that calling card, but if that's not your calling card, what is it? And I think the thing that, you know, maybe gets lost in it a little bit is I think we got to give those guys some credit too, you know, because again, like I'd, as good of a shooter Matt as Matt Thomas was, Matt Thomas was not an NBA player when he right. got to Ames. You know, Deontay Burton was not an NBA player when Deontay Burton got to Ames. Naz Long, same kind of thing. Monte probably was a little bit closer, but still, like Monte had a lot of things kind of going against him, his size and uh, especially the size that he was as a freshman. You know, it took him, it took those guys being like, I'm going to turn myself into an NBA player. And that's something that you and I talked about on, on title nine the other night is the player development is it's Mm -hmm. where, you know, 
how much of that is those guys, you know, and how much of that is the program. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I look at a place like Texas tech, those guys develop players. They bring in people who are three-star recruits and those kids leave considerably better than when they arrived in Lubbock. Uh, and it's hard for me to sit here and be like, yeah, you know, this, you know, this guy right now on this team got here and he's going to leave here way better than what he was uh, when he got here. And, you know, that's tough to say, like it's, and it's tough to, to, um, you know, criticize people because like, again, like they have put people in the NBA, but I think that those guys individually deserve a lot of the credit for getting to the NBA because they're the ones who dedicated themselves to turning themselves into those kinds of guys. And you could just tell that, and I don't know, like I'm not in the facility every night. Like they go, those guys could be doing those things and it's just not working for some reason. But Mariel Shayok didn't come to Ames as a, you know, an elite bucket getter, but Mariel Shayok left as one. And the big reason for that was because of the work that he put in during his, his season when he wasn't really part of the team and was, I mean, he was on, you know, he's around the team, but he's not with practicing with them and playing in games with them and stuff like that. And by the time that that was over, you sit there and you're like, you come back and you're like, dang, like this guy, he gets buckets, man. Like, and we never, like, you never could have even expected that. Uh, But that's because he put the work in and I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of level these guys are putting the work in at. I mean, it, it, but I think that when you watch the way that they play right now, it's hard to sit there and be like, Oh yeah, I feel like they're probably living in the gym uh, and eat, sleep, breathe basketball, especially a time right now. They're not in class. You know, this is, this this would be the time, like really it's like, we're going to really dive into the work, I guess. Yeah. And playing devil's advocate, like with COVID restrictions, are they allowed to be in the gym? Are they like, what are there any restrictions to them being in the gym? I guess I don't, I don't know what the, that situation is. And uh, I mean, that wouldn't, I wouldn't be any think different so, though. than, I guess, that wouldn't I, be any different from any other team, you know, yeah. and that's, I don't want to make an excuse for them or anything, yeah. but it is a tough time just like in the world right, right now. Right. But if you're going to be an elite talent, if you're, you have to have like these NBA dudes who are playing night in and night out, they have a mental toughness to them. They lived in a bubble and then turned around a couple months later and are playing almost a full season. You know, I think about the Lakers and I was like, gosh, you know, the Lakers are going to come in after playing a a full season going to the end, the grind, and they're just going to be soggy and they're going to be tired, but they're not they have mental toughness, you know, they're, they're up and ready. They're ready for another championship. Like they're, they're hungry for it and they have this mental toughness. And so it's, you can't just put this excuse on the world is hard because the world is hard for everyone right right now. And there's people standing out right now. There's people with the mental toughness to rise above. And I think that this team has the opportunity to do that. It needs, I don't know if it needs a leadership I don't know if it needs direction. I don't know if they need a couple new plays I could draw up for them or what they need, but like they just need, they need a spark. Like we need to get a spark for this team. It needs to be something for them. And it's frustrating just as a fan and uh, somebody watching and talking about it to not know what that is and to not be able to do anything about it. Well, and that's where I almost wonder if like the way that they lost all of those guys at the same time, 
the way that they did. And I mean, there's no one like, you know, Solomon was obviously on those teams, but I, th I think it was different for him being a post player, probably a little bit, but uh, it's like, they were the ones who set that culture, you know, and then you lose them and you're basically starting over from nothing. And it's like, how do you carry that? You know? So like, that's where I'll cut coach Prom some slack. Like, I, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know the best way to yeah. do that. That's tough. Like you're coming into a tough situation where you've got a bunch of guys who are, are a different breed. Like if you want to be great, you know, like you can't just talk about how you want to be great. Like you have to put the work in to be great. And those guys did. And like, and they had that mental fortitude that it required um, to be great. And, and they proved it night in and night out that they, they had that. And I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that takes to reinstill that, you know, and I, I, that's where I just, I, it just, it takes some, you know, it takes special kinds of people sometimes to really do that. And when you're turning the roster over every year, you lose that, you know, I think that John Calipari has proven over time that he's probably a kind of coach that can do that. You know, coach K mm -hmm. has proven over time that he can do that. But right now I'm having a hard time thinking that that can be done when you just don't have that built in culture that the second that those kids are on campus, it's like, this is what the standard of work is required of you. If you want to get to where those guys did, you know, they didn't just come here and all of a sudden, and then they're going to the NBA. Yeah. You know, like they made themselves into NBA players. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we, before we move on? Nope, I don't. All right, We've said sure. it all. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's frustrating, but uh, hopefully the Cyclones can you know get things back on track here a little bit. Obviously, like I said, the big game, or what normally most seasons would be, you know, one of the bigger games of the year, going down to Allen Fieldhouse uh, mm -hmm. to take on Kansas in Lawrence on Saturday, one p.m. Uh, tip on ESPN Plus. We're going to talk some women's basketball when we come back. Bringing Connor Ferguson, Cyclone Fanatic women's basketball reporter, here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Mechdyne on the Morning Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. 
I have. I, I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, maybe you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cycle Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Eclair, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Rowe. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Cyclone Fanatic's The Job World is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for 
Well, basically, since I moved up here, so we're pushing a decade now, Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy, but I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff, and you know why I need to go see the specialist? Because I'm a man, and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls, I want to be able to walk them down the aisle, I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday. Be a man. Go to the doctor. iowaclinic.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you their way. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Here in the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, presented by Mechdyne. Jared Stansbury joined now by Cyclone Fanatic women's basketball reporter Connor Ferguson. Connor, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just uh, waiting for the snow to get here tonight. For sure, can dude. Say, can we date? Can we date? Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, you had a you covered a big game last night uh, for the Cyclone women. Pick up the eighty to or ninety to eighty win over Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State came into the game previously undefeated in Big 12 play. Uh, I mean, I think the the biggest thing about this game was that Iowa State obviously played without Kristen Scott, who was uh, out with a head injury that she suffered against Texas Tech over the weekend. Um, You know, what was the biggest thing that the Cyclones were able to do in that game in order to uh, mitigate not not having Kristen? And, um, you know, where were they really able to have success in that sense? Yeah, you you said it best. That was a huge win. Um, Even if Oklahoma State doesn't, they're going to turn out to be a top half Big 12 team. But coming into that one, five and oh, I mean, to get that win uh, at this point in the season is really big for them, especially with Baylor on Saturday. Uh, I thought the biggest thing they did um, was the offensive side of the ball. So when Texas, when they lost to Texas a couple weeks ago now, um, te- every time they'd make a big shot, Texas would go down and they'd allow Texas to make a big one. So Oklahoma State would make a big three and cut that lead down to five, six, seven points. And every time Iowa State had a response to it, whether it was Emily Ryan hitting a three, um, Maggie Esmond Miller McGraw got fouled from the back on an and one jump jump shot. She made that. Uh, I think Morgan Keene banked in a three at the end of the first half. So they, I mean, really just they responded every time they got hit in the mouth. And I thought that was the biggest thing that got them the win. And I, I think that some of that probably can be attributed to just the growth this team has made so far this year. You, I mean, you obviously came into it. We knew that they were going to be talented uh, and you had some key pieces returning from last year, but just with the freshmen, especially now for them to have some games under their belt, and especially big ones against good teams. Do you think that that would be one of the bigger things you've seen here? Uh, yeah, especially too. in a game like this, just for them to, to be able to respond to that better. Yeah, and Bill definitely reminded us uh, that they beat Baylor last year at the end of the year without Kristen on the floor because uh, she was battling that back injury. But to have to do it this year with that roster of freshmen with different players and to do it without Kristen, I think that says a lot uh, both about the – I guess mantra and just the style of basketball Iowa state plays, uh, but that it will work with these girls 
and they've just come a long ways already this season. We're 11, 12 games in. What, what's Kristen's outlook now for that game against Baylor? So she both, it's a head injury. I don't know if it's like concussion protocol or what they're she doing. She did go with through it. warmups, didn't she, last night? She did go through warmups last night. She wanted to play on Sunday when she got hurt, and she wanted to play last night. She said she felt great, according to Bill. Uh, so their next thing was getting her through warmups last night, getting her heart rate up, seeing what she did. She didn't practice the two days before that. So, uh, after this, um, they'll reevaluate her and they hope to have her back obviously to play Baylor, but it's like a day to day thing still. What do we know about the bears? Do you know anything much about them yet? They're really good. <laughs> Shocker. I, I, <laughs> I find that one shocking. Uh, I, I would say Finley will go down there and he'll have a game plan and it will definitely include making shots, but I, I think it'll be a similar thing to what they did on Wednesday. Natasha Mack had 34 points for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she got every shot almost that she wanted to. Uh, they just kept her off the free throw line. So I would assume Iowa State will try to take uh, Baylor's bigs the same way. Uh, and if you have Kristen Scott, that will only get a little easier, right? Um, so I think I think they'll try to keep them off the free throw line and uh, probably go from there. I'm sure it'll be an adjustment-filled game. I mean, this team, the way that they can shoot the ball, it levels the playing field about against just about anybody, doesn't it? Yeah, it's becoming not like a uh, outlier and more of a trend. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two games in a row now that they've made 16 threes or more. Maybe it was 15 last night. I didn't look at the final total. Um, but, yeah, anyone can step up and make a three. And the fascinating part of it is they don't have, like, one bona fide shooter that it's like okay we need a three we're going to pass it to this one specific person because most of the players on the team can just hit step up and hit a three when they need to for sure all right man thanks for taking some time uh we'll uh we'll talk to you again here soon and and talk some more our state women's basketball have a good weekend and uh and make sure and avoid the snow all right stay out of trouble (laughs) absolutely have a good one We'll be right back here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey, y'all. Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. 
Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have. I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And... 
And don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Eau Claire, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, taking you up to 7 o'clock here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, presented as always by our friends at Mechdyne. Steph, or not Steph, Elisa, sorry, got, got myself confused. Uh, obviously a big day in the NBA yesterday with, uh, you know, massive news of, of James Harden, uh, the, you know, the MVP several years ago of the NBA and one of the best players in the league for darn near a decade now um, for the Houston Rockets on the move, going to Brooklyn. And I mean, it it's interesting to look at the NBA because every once in a while, there'll be these moves that are kind of like resets where you hit a reset button a little bit. And it's not just like one player is on the move. It's like half of teams are somehow involved in this. And that's kind of what the case was with, with this move where, you know, obviously Brooklyn had to clear some cap space in order to, uh, in order to bring uh, James in. And I saw a graphic yesterday where it was like all the, teams like the hall that they got as part of this trade and it's like the nets james harden and then you look at the rockets and it's you know it's victor oladipo it's uh it's dante exum four first round picks four pick swaps and i and then you look at even uh where did uh jared allen end up i think on the cavaliers and then uh you know karis lavert's going to the pacers and you're like man this like this would make my head spin trying to just figure out how to make all these these things work, but uh, you know obviously the the big thing there is James going to uh, to Brooklyn to team up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which I think will be one of the more interesting basketball fits to try and figure out uh, of any of these deals that we've seen over the last several years. You know, it was really like the time in elementary school where I traded my Dallas Cowboys pog slammer for like 35 of somebody else's just regular pogs. Like, that's really the first thing that I thought of. I mean, they traded him for like breakfast, lunch and dinner. It, and I'm like, I I think the rest of the Nets are getting paid minimum wage now because to afford those three guys like Kyrie, Durant, and Harden, those are some expensive dudes. Yeah. That's rough for the rest of the team. Like the rest of the team is getting very like McDonald's for lunch. Like, they got to save some money somewhere. Yeah, those guys, not only are they getting McDonald's, but they're eating off the dollar menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Every night. And, that, and they can't have a drink. Right. And that's where, like, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see because I think we've seen over time where, you know, doing the getting a bunch of max players can, like, work in your favor, but it really can cripple you moving forward. The best example of that is what's happening in Golden State right now where, uh, you know, you got all those guys and then, you know, you lose one, which they did, and then you have the injuries and things like that with Clay. But uh, it's you look at the rest of your supporting cast, and it's like it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and, and Draymond Green, and then like who are these guys? 
right. you know, and I think even back, you know, the, the cap situations and stuff have changed from where this was when LeBron went to Miami, mm-hmm. but after, you know, a couple years, like they're trotting dudes that have been out of their prime for several seasons out to like run with them in the NBA finals. And you, you almost feel bad for him. Cause you're like, man, that guy, that would stink. Like you're, you're just like, man, like who are these random guys? Like that they're out there, you know, Mike Miller is out there running around with one shoe on and he's, and Mike Miller hasn't been in his prime for 10 years almost. And uh, it's just like those kinds of things where that's what I think is going to be interesting with Brooklyn. Like we all know how good Kyrie Irving is. We all know how good Kevin Durant is. We all know good, how good James Harden is, but you know, what are you going to be able to get from your front court? You know, DeAndre Jordan is kind of going to have to fill a huge role there, especially without uh, Jared Allen. I don't know if DeAndre Jordan is ready to be like a number one big man in the NBA still. Uh, again. <laughs> right. Again, at, at this point um, in his career, like you're going to put a lot of pressure on a Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, uh, to be someone that's going to have to play major role, a major role for you. And then like their bench, like, I don't even know who's going to come off the bench for him. I mean, they traded half their team, you know, and uh, that's it's just where tough if you don't tough. even know if Kyrie's going to play. Right. And Kyrie, the whole Kyrie thing, like who knows what his deal is. That guy is just a, guy's just kind of a weirdo at this point there's a lot going on there maybe some mental stuff going on there like there's just a lot and it's like these three players playing together i just i don't see it and you brought up golden state like durant came to golden state to play with maybe like the selfless best player in the nba and steph curry like willing to take less money i mean like they wanted him there and they were all willing to give something up. But I, I would wonder what is Harden, Kyrie or Durant willing to give up for the other. I can't think of anything. Yeah. And that's like where, um, okay. So I pulled up the uh, Nets cap situation here. Um, They're going to pay James Harden 40.8 million this season. Kevin Durant's going to make 30.1, 39.1. Uh, Kyrie Irving makes 33.3 and then you've got Joe Harris at 16.1 Spencer Dinwiddie at 11.4 and DeAndre Jordan at 10.3 man DeAndre Jordan's making a lot of money for as long as where he's at in his career respect uh, respect to DeAndre but uh, like I the other thing about when KD went to Golden State is that those guys had a culture of sharing the ball and you know of of the movement that was already kind of installed into that team. And it's like, you basically just took Harrison Barnes out and you put in the, you know, at that time, arguably the best player in, in the world, you know, he was kind of where Kawhi Leonard is right now uh, in comparison. Obviously Katie's still really good, but that's where he was when he went to Golden state. And um, it's just where I, I don't know how that, how this changes right after I saw the the trade go through, I tweeted it out. I was like, congrats to the Brooklyn Nets on setting a single season record for dribbles. I mean, all of these guys are ISO players. You know, there are people that need the ball in their hands. And I feel like it's going to take a lot of concessions on their end individually to, you know, take this team and win a championship. And the other thing is like DeAndre Jordan was a great defensive player when he was with the Clippers, but like, I, no one on that team, Kevin Durant has been a good defensive player at certain times in his career, but there's nobody on that team that I look at and it's like, yeah, you know, they're going to be good defensively. Like, are you just going to expect them every night to come out and outscore everybody? And you're not going to win a title playing that way uh, in the, in the NBA right now. 
It's true. And I'm thinking about like the other, like, so the, the NBA is made up of superstars and now this whole like super team thing is a thing where, you know, you have three amazing players on a team. You're trying to get three together. I mean, that, that really started with like Jordan and Pippen. And I mean, like that was back then bulls but they knew their roles you know and they knew that jordan was the best and even when we're talking about like miami when lebron was there and d wade and they kind of just went back and forth on having great nights and then bosh knew what his role was you know and it was these three great players together but they all kind of knew their role Mm -hmm. and then the same thing with golden state like you put golden state together with these great players but they all knew their role you know like they knew steph knew that he could shoot from anywhere you know and they clay knew to just spot up at you know at the corner to shoot a three and they knew their role and they were willing to give up a little bit and i just i mean harden at houston had everything that he could possibly want and he's saying that like this is a bad situation and you know there's nothing i can do to fix the situation well you should have made the most of the situation for years. Like you were the MVP and you had a great situation and you had a great opportunity. I don't think that the grass is greener somewhere else for you, sir. Mm -hmm. I think that you are the one that's going to have to make changes. You are going to have to be willing to pass the ball, you know, and he's, he's not a passer. He's not a passer. He's not a defender. He's a shooter. And it's, what are you going to do with that? Well, and what's interesting to me about him saying, like, I don't know what it's crazy here and like all those things that he said the other night after their game. I mean, I don't know what he wanted. Like what? I I don't I guess I just don't understand what it is that suddenly became this issue. I know he was close with Daryl Morey and obviously Daryl Morey left the franchise. But I mean, for anyone to say that, like their run that they made on was a failure would be I mean, that's not true. Like they're the only team that in that time, you know, even with Kevin, when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, they're the only one who even came close to ever beating them, you know? And I think they pushed them to what? uh, They may push them to six or seven one time, I think. And, but I mean, LeBron never could do that with the Cavaliers, you know? And the thing that I think is so, uh, that defines like these teams that have done this is it it requires people, like you said, buying into their role, but someone's going to have to make a concession of like what they're going to be and to really be, uh, you know, to really like take it to the next level and win championships. Like Kevin Durant kind of had to make concessions a little bit from what he had been uh, in Oklahoma city. Um, you know, with, with, uh, with the heat, you know, Chris Bosch, like he had to make concessions in order to fill, to fit in with those guys because he couldn't be what he was when he was in Toronto. Um, Kevin Love had to make concessions with what he had been in Minnesota in order to fit in with Kyrie Irving and, and LeBron. And like, I don't see either of any of these three. I mean, Kevin maybe would like Durant maybe will. He's done it before, but like I don't see but him that's right not now the one at this you want point. To. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he's the best like, one. Like, right of the three of them, he's the one you don't want making concessions. Right. And Kyrie, it, I mean, look at Kyrie's past. The Cleveland, he was mad that LeBron came in and it was LeBron's team instead of him. Like he was mad that Boston did well without him. He's he's not going to be the one to make concessions here. Yeah. No, I I see this ending as an epic failure <laughs> if we're being honest like i'm not going to sit here and say they're not talented obviously they're talented they're three right. i mean they're those guys are three of the 10 best players in the on the planet right but it's just i i do not see the way that they're going to fit basketball wise and honestly i mean 
if Steve Nash can figure it out, then like Steve Nash is going to belong in the Hall of Fame, not only as a player, but as a coach. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that how that's going to work out, because that's going to be a tightrope with, you know, at least two guys who have proven to be temperamental, I think would probably be the best way to put it during their careers. And and then Kevin Durant, who is, you know, kind of the one who just like falls into the background as far as being a superstar. And you're Steve Nash. And it's the the last 10 seconds of the game and you're writing up a play. Who do you write up a play for? I'm giving it to Kevin Durant. I mean, who are you going to trust to pass it to Kevin Durant to take that last shot instead of dribble it around and shoot it themselves? Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. You're going to sit the others on the bench. <laughs> right. I'm I'm putting Joe Harris out there uh, with DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie and saying, "Don't give the ball to any to anybody besides <laughs> Kevin, please." Uh, yeah, I don't know, especially with Kyrie. I mean, I, we have no idea like when that guy's going to play again. I, hey. I don't know. He's he's an interesting cat, but uh, it was big for the all the strip club owners in Brooklyn. That's <laughs> we know that for sure with him with James going there. But uh, I think you saw even with with the Clippers last year, like they learned how quick how tough that is to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I I do not think Brooklyn is going to win the title. I I honestly would be surprised if they made it out of the East, uh, just because I think that there's so many dynamics it, at play there, and you're seeing those some of those teams in the East like really start to gel, you know, and kind of become their come into their their own because of some of the young guys that have uh, hit their stride. Whether it's Boston, I mean, we all know who, how good Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are. Uh, Miami obviously made to the finals last season. And then um, even, you know, with the Sixers have been playing really well uh, so far this year where Joel Embiid like came in in shape and came in ready to play. And, you know, Ben Simmons still doesn't want to shoot the basketball, but uh, he, you know, they're somehow figuring that out. And, uh, you know, Doc Rivers has done a really good job with that team. So like the, the East does not get any easier, I think, for Brooklyn, even with adding James Harden, just because of, well, oh, and I forgot the two-time reigning MVP, uh, Giannis, is still, a, you know, the best player not named LeBron James. So uh, it's just, it, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, it is what it is, but I, I think that this is going to be something that when we look back at it 10 years from now, and the, uh, the Nets are just now sending their third of four first-round picks to Houston, you're like, well, did this work out? Yeah, no, probably not. Right. It's one of those things where they're, they're selling it all to try and win it this year, and I don't think it's going to work. All right, let's talk about Tyrese really quick. Um, let's do it. He has, I saw Brent Bloom tweet out this morning that Tyrese now has the second-best odds to win the Rookie of the Year award. Uh which I don't think is overly surprising to any of us uh, right. that that have seen Tyrese play a lot of basketball uh, already. But, you know, I mean, it's just these last few games that he has played. Last night he had 17 points, nine assists, uh, five rebounds. And then he had 12 points, four assists the night before that, 12 points, eight assists, 15 points, eight assists, 17 points, six assists, seven boards. I mean, he has come in and slid into the NBA – as easily as anybody in the league at this point. And um, I mean, if you want to talk about someone that's going to impact winning for a long time of these former cyclones, like it's going to be him. He he's a guy who is may probably never going to be an all-star, but he's going to be an all-star glue guy and is going to make a ton of money doing that for a really long time. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that he he came into a really good situation. Like he yeah. didn't have to be the best player on the team, but he's turned out to be a guy who's making the other guys better. And I think that that's that's the key for him is that he didn't have to come in there. And it's, it's kind of the same for Monte. Like he came in there and he didn't have to be the best player on that team. He had to give the ball to other people. You know, he had to um, spread out the floor. He had to draw defenders, you know, just like be a threat in there. Um, drive and kick. Like these are the things that they're they were made for like these are the things that he was made for and he just came into a really great situation it could have he could have gone to a, a not great situation but it turns out he just ended up at a really good team for him yeah the sliding in the draft is going to end up actually working out really well for him mm-hmm. uh, in the long run because i think you know that team's going to be hitting their stride like right when i mean in theory you would think the lakers are going to start to be kind of on their downturn yeah. And and especially when you look at some of the other teams in the West where you've got to, you know, we just got done talking about the cap situation with Brooklyn, like figuring out how to walk the cap tightrope in Phoenix or in, uh, you know, in Portland as those guys start to, to get a little bit older or, or you know, even in Denver where with, with Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. eventually needing a bigger contract and stuff like that. But that's where it's like that team is set up for the next five years as well as any in the Western Conference, in my mind, when you just look, because they've got pieces everywhere. And they've got guys who just, I don't think they really care about their own personal accolades or anything like that. Like, De'Aaron Fox was the perfect guy to play alongside Tyrese, oh, yeah. in exactly. my mind. And uh, that team is going to be really fun. And it's it's been awesome to see Tyrese having success with them. And I'm just thinking, like, the, the oldest dudes on this team are, like, Harrison Barnes at, like, 28. Yeah. Like you, you're, you don't have old guys on this team. And I think that they could play together for a really long time. When Harrison Barnes is the old head, uh, right. then you know that you don't have a very, you, you don't have a very old team. Uh, him yep. though, like the, the second leading scorer on the team, Harrison Barnes, like that's a, that's a great spot for him. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Harrison has had a, had a heck of a career for himself. It's, it's been cool to, to see how he's done. The other one that's been fun this year so far, Taylor Horton Tucker has been yes. playing, uh, he's played in 12 games for the Lakers. I think he had 17 points, uh, the other night, um, pulling up, uh, his stats. He's averaging like 7.3 points, 7.4 points, uh, 2.2 assists, 2.5 rebounds and a steal. And, you know, I think again, like we knew that he was going to be a guy that eventually was probably going to slide into a good situation. But I saw the other night that uh, after how well he's played with the Lakers right now, it's hard to carve out a role with that team, but they're going to have their hands full. I think in being able to keep him because his contract's going to come up after this year. And, you know, you're going to end up in a situation where some of those teams that are looking for people at the guard positions, whether it's maybe the Knicks or the Cavaliers or someone else, they're going to try and go and get a guy like that because he's young and you know that you can develop him into what you want him to be. And I don't know if the Lakers don't play him in more minutes. I think that he might end up going somewhere else. Uh, Definitely. You saw him in the bubble a little bit, but he really only played mostly garbage time when he was in the bubble. And I think that he's almost slipped into a little bit of, Caruso's spot like he's kind of elbowed Caruso out a little bit and taken some of his minutes maybe jumped ahead of him a little Mm -hmm. bit 
um, which I think is what was sort of expected if you're looking at NBA writers and just people who are, are watching the game. I think that they, they're really high on him. And I think that he has a, a incredible amount of potential. Could I th- Do I think that he would have benefited for, from another year of college? That's debatable. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I think that he r- really benefited from the bubble. I think he benefited from nothing else out there all you can do is play basketball um and then came out this season and and he's balling i think he benefits from having the best player in the world on his team too and you know you know, who, i think i would benefit from having the best player on my team i was just say i think that any one of us if lebron took us under the under his wing i think we would all come out of it uh in a much better situation but elisa yeah. thank you for taking the time to uh to come on the show with me tonight and uh, we'll have to have you back again here soon we'll have to have you and steph on at the same time whoa tag team it right exactly that would uh, that'd be great thanks everybody for tuning in to another edition of the cyclone fanatic radio show presented as always by our friends at mechdyne thanks to everybody at mechdyne check them out mechdyne.com and then we will talk to you guys again next week same time same place here on the morning sports station 1460 kxno and 106.3 fm